Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good? Lovely day today? Yeah, better. Uh, Julianne and Jason, I had a dream about your family last night. Yeah. Um, it was one of your children, and they were about four or five. Uh, and this is all I saw. It was kind of just dark. One of your children was kind of in a lit area. Uh, you know, and I didn't see anything around it. And they had a dustpan and a broom. But around the dustpan and the broom was a real, was a blue, very bright light that you could just sense incredible power. And the child, I don't know which child, I don't think it matters. I don't think, I think it represents your family, not the child was sweeping the debris into the dustpan. And sometimes I get dreams and I go, I, I don't know if that was something. Was that God or was that just pizza or what was it? And so I just kind of put it on hold and the Lord said, God is going to use your family to clean up the debris of families that have gone through things so they can move on. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Tony and Faith are here. I, I, uh, I was Tony's youth pastor for, it, it was, it's been like five or six years ago. It's been a while. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, there might be a couple sermons he remembers. I just remember one that was supposed to end with fiery darts of the devil, and I misspoke, and I didn't say fiery darts of the devil. Yes, Faith remembers. That's what I said. And, and, the, and at that moment, the sermon's over. Its service is over at that point. Um, Rhonda and Gerald are here. Rhonda uh, was, they were both, Rhonda initially, we were uh, 50 years ago. Yeah. In youth, in youth ministry with Dave Schwambach. So um, I appreciate you guys being here. It really means, it means a lot. And... Um, you could get Tony Face autograph later. I'm sure I can get you there if you want to get. Um, I want us to pray tonight, and I hope you have a Bible or something where the Bible's at an app or something. It's okay. I know there are some people don't believe if you don't have an actual Bible, then you don't really have the Bible. But it's okay. Um, we're going to look at an encounter with Jesus. Um, one of the things, I, let's pray. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, I surrender all my notes and all my plans and all my thoughts and all the stuff that is supposed to fit into this time that I thought was going to be in this time, I surrender them to you. I give them over to you, God. I surrender them. Don't let me become a, a, you know, tied to my notes or, or, or information, Lord God, because we, we don't want my information. We want your information. We don't want, my, we don't want my words. We want your words because we come into this place. The people that are here tonight are hungry. They're here. They took, a, they took an extra night of the week to be here because they're thirsty and they're hungry and they want encouragement. So, Lord, they don't need information. We don't need information. We need inspiration. We need life. We need something to happen from God. So, Lord, I take all of my plans and my notes and my thoughts and everything and I surrender them to you. 
And then I ask that you give me back, give us back what you want for tonight. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, because that's a name above every other name. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to look at an encounter. I love doing that. I love looking. Now, some of them are miracles with Jesus, but not all of them are miracles when Jesus encountered somebody. You know, there were, some of them were miracles, but I, what I like to do is I enjoy looking at an encounter with Jesus, whether it's miraculous or not, and then looking at the pieces of that, but also saying, Lord, what does that mean for me? Because Jesus fed the 5,000, I'm probably not going to be required to feed 5,000 people. Right? I'm probably not going to be asked to multiply bread and, and, and fishes and fish and whatever, especially fish. Don't need them. Thank you. Those go to Tony. So, so that miracle. But in that miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, what is Jesus saying to me? Right? What is Jesus saying to me about that? Yeah, I know what happened, but what is he saying to me? Peter walking on the water to Jesus. I love that story. I love that story. And he failed, and he got his eyes off Jesus. I'm telling you, I don't think that's what the story's about. I think the story is about, even though he got his eyes off Jesus, Jesus still got him back to the boat. Jesus said, we're going to make it back. That's just what, but I like those things. So that's what tonight is. And the encounter that we're going to look at tonight is one of the cruelest, most destructive, ruthless, and evil encounters in the New Testament. The people that were involved, the motives of the people that were involved. So I'm going to invite you to turn to John chapter 8. As we look at the story of the woman caught in adultery. Now, it's only about 11 verses. So we're just going to take a minute. I'm going to stop talking. And I want you just to read through that. Just very slowly, very carefully. Don't rush through it. There will not be a quiz. So just read through that story. And I want you to think about what's actually happening in that story. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. And when you're done, just lift your head up so I know where we're at. Pretty much got it? Anybody need a little more time? A little bit more? Okay. It's a pretty powerful story, isn't it? You know, these were real people. These were real people. There were really the religious leaders... There was really a crowd. There was really people that Jesus was teaching in the temple. And there really was a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Those are real people. What the religious leaders and the teachers and the Pharisees did was one of the cruelest things that's happened in the New Testament. To use this woman and her life to gain a foothold on Jesus. That's what they were doing. So, 
This is not, here are the players in this story. First of all, you have the religious leaders. You have the crowd of people that were with the religious leaders. You have Jesus, the people he was teaching in the temple, and you have the woman. Now, a couple of the versions say she was, and I, I, it says she was caught in the very act of adultery. She understood in that moment what could happen. She understood in that moment, this could cost me my life. So let's read this. They all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. What a beautiful, what a great Sunday school scene we have there. The teachers of the law and the, and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now, it is hard for us to grasp Bible stories. It's hard for us to really grasp what was really happening. It's difficult for us. Number one, it's not us. We're not the one going through it. You know when somebody's going through, through something, they know it firsthand, and they tell you about it, well, it's got to really be rough. But it's nothing like the people that are going through it. Nothing like the people that are in the story. Second of all, number one, it's not us. Number two, we already know the ending. We already know what, you know this David and Goliath story? We already know the ending. Oh, and Jesus, David, Goliath, and Smith, Lux, and you know, that's what happened. But this woman, these people in this scene didn't know what was, what was going to happen. When that woman was caught in adultery, what do you think she thought? What was one of the things that went through her mind? Help me out here. Oh no, at least oh no. I may be about to die. What's that? Today's it. Today's my last day. This is it, I'm going to die. Because, because the religious leaders are the ones that were dragging her through the street. They were dragging her through the street in front of everybody. Because, and they were right by the law, we'll get to that part, she deserved to die. By the law, didn't she? Yes or no? Yes. That's not in dispute about the story. So wherever this caught in the act of adultery happened... Suddenly, she's, in the, she's surrounded by the religious leaders and being drugged down the street thinking, I'm probably about ready to die. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about hidden sin. There's the shame of private sin. When we're in the grips of sin. There is the shame that people... That people, as was me raising my hand, I'm one of those people, that people experience no one hates them more than they hate themselves. They wish they could stop, but they have not yet 
wherever found the want to or the way to stop. I want to stop. I don't want to keep doing this. Then there's the shame of public sin. You know, a lot of times people that are caught in trap, uh, you know, whether it's addiction or whatever it is, you know, whatever we want to call it, and it may be that, it may be just something else. Do you know that sometimes those people think, I wish I'd get caught. So this would be over. Because I hate myself. I mean, I hate myself. I can identify with that. You don't need to know all about my past. But I hated myself. I'll give you the pages in my journal that say I wish I was dead. I'll give you the pages in my journal that say don't help me, don't pray for me, don't encourage me, just let me die. I understand that. And that's where this woman was. And now they're dragging her down the street. And there's the shame of private sin, but there's also the shame of public sin. To prove that they were right. They were dragging her down the street to stone her. Let me just put a little thing in there. Let me just add a little thing in. When we are right about Scripture and somebody is wrong and we're going to go straighten them out, can we consider, let's check our heart first? I'm so... I'm so... Ah. Christians just think, all I have to do is be right. So all I have to do is be right. I'll show everybody I'm right. That we check our heart and say, God, is there something in my heart? Am I going to, the, am I going to my friend? Am I going to my brother? Am I going to, am I going to these people in love and mercy? Or am I just going to say, well, look what here. Boom. And now, they're in the temple. They're in the temple. And they drag this woman. I don't know what, her, what condition her condition was in. You only know that if you know that song. <laughs> I don't know what condition, what, what, what condition they were. I don't know what was, what, you know, what, and, and, and the people, and you know, you know, people love a train wreck. People are going, oh, wow, wow, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's follow this. Let's do this. Bert, go get the kids. Let's go, come on, let's go to the show. Let's go. She's going to get what she deserves. We should never gloat over anybody that's lost. Well, at least I'm not like them. No, now you're worse. So I don't know what to end the very mix. So now here we got, we've got, now, now everybody's in the temple. Here's all the religious leaders, Pharisees or Sadducees. I don't know exactly who they are. I knew they were experts in the law. I tried to look stuff up, but I was too confused. And so I, I just know they were people that enforced the law, enforced the Jewish law. And they're there. And they're so proud of themselves. It makes me so mad. And it makes me so mad. And here's this woman. And they say, in verse 3, Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her, I'm not, I'm not quite, I don't think I'm doing a good job teaching. I think I'm kind of more preaching. But we're, just, we're doing okay? Okay. I learned that from Pastor Scott. He asked him, am I doing Okay. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought him a woman caught in adultery. When they had set them in their, when they had set her in their midst, she's right in the middle of everybody. Man, 
just go ahead and stone me. Don't you think that maybe that maybe crossed her mind? Stoning is a horrible way to die. It's a horrible way to die. I'll tell you about it just a little bit. At least it's about to be over. I bet that's what she thought. I think it's possible she thought at least it's about to be over. Now this is the uh, religious leaders going now in verse five. Now Moses in the law. Just want to let you know, Jesus, it was in the law. Moses in the law. Remember the law? Remember the Ten Commandments? Remember, what's it? Remember this is the Jewish law? Remember? Remember? Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What did she deserve? Tell me, don't be afraid. Just somebody be brave, be bold. What did she deserve according to the law? Death. That's what she deserved. But there was Jesus. What do you say? This is it. Here's how they stoned people. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. From what I read, from what I understood in the New Testament, time of the New Testament, they would wrap them in like a blanket or a something. I don't know what they had back then, but they wrap them in like a sheet or a blanket like this, and then they would tie their arms, like tie here and tie here, and then they dug a hole and buried them up to about right here. And then people would throw stones at him. If you could get out, you lived. I'm thinking, that's a low possibility. All right. Now, so why did they, why was it, why were they testing him? What was the test? Here was the test. I had to look this up too. I'm not a Bible scholar, but I looked it up. If he said stone her, he broke Roman law because he was not supposed to enforce it. If he said don't stone her, he broke Jewish law. We're going to get him. We're going to get him. Right? She deserves it. We're going to get him. We're right. But I'm telling you, when Jesus gets in your face and said, I won't, no dear, sorry. Ooh, that was a mistake. When Jesus, when the enemy gets in and says, I got you this time, pal. I got you this time. I got you this time. I got you cornered. We're about to tie you up in a blanket, tie you up. Put it. We're about to put you to death. Your end is coming. But Jesus, they said testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. Oh, well, I'm doing pretty good. God did not give us his word so we can prove people they're wrong. That we can show people they're wrong. He gave us his word so we can show people life. Holiness is more than a list of do's and don'ts. It also includes holy unto God and loving. You know what? Separated under God. Why I'm separated under God? All these rules that they've got. Why separated under God? Because if I'm separated under God, there's people that I can't nor I can't love without being separated under God. God gives me the power to love people I don't I wouldn't be able to love the way He wants me to love them. To forgive people that I wish should forgive. That's it's not a list of don't 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 right? We know that. That's what the Pharisees were good at. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Don't, except they had a longer list. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Don't do, don't do these things. And you know what? I've, I've been a, I accepted the Lord in 1973. So it's been like 50 years. I don't, know what, I don't know what happened there. I don't know how we got to 50 years. 
But Jesus didn't die so we could follow a list. Right? He died so we can live. Okay. All right. Here it comes. This is it. I'm done for. I'm finally going to get what I deserved. Now, it says, But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. Now, there's parts of that I wish... I wish man, don't you wish we knew what he wrote? I mean, there are people that say he wrote the Ten Commandments and stuff, but I don't think don't, there's any proof. But it's like, boy, man. And he's... Jesus is about to redeem somebody's life. Jesus is about to radically change somebody's life. Jesus is about to change somebody who's condemned and give them life. And the, and the accusers didn't see it coming. <laughs> she must have been terrified. Death by stoning takes anywhere from like 20 minutes to 4 hours. I... I don't know what kind of movie scenes you like, you know, movies, scenes from movies, but you know where the, where the big, tough, good guy has had enough of the bad guy? And he's about to change the course of the movie. You know, has anybody here ever, I'm just, we'll take all this stuff out. Has anybody ever seen Billy Jack? You know, where everybody, he takes his hat off and he's like, Oh, these guys are in trouble. These guys are in trouble. Or Bronson, what's is the guy? I don't know who it is these days. But where the good guy says, you know what? I'm about to change this thing. I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this. This has gone on long enough. I'm about to turn this thing around. I don't know what Jesus was thinking. So they said to him, Now Moses in the law commanded us that we should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, they said this, this they said, testing him, that they may have something of which to accuse him. So they continued asking him, oh, so then he stoops down and starts writing in the dirt. So they continued asking him, raised him up and said to them, he raised himself up and said to them, one of the most famous lines in history now. What is it? Come on. It's the, come on. Cast the first stone. Let's do it that way, boys. Let's try that. What happened in that woman? I wonder. Wow. Maybe this is not my day to die. He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped and rolled on the ground. Those who heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, being with the old, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. I think that's interesting that the older... That the older Men went, now this didn't work. <laughs> this didn't work. 
And Jesus was left alone. And the woman, I love this part. And the woman standing in the midst, verse 10, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. It's my belief that all of our, that this is the essence of our spiritual walk. It's me and Jesus. It's just the two of us now. They'd all left. Looked up, he looked up, and it was him and her. I've been through a lot of different things. I mean, I've not had like a hard life, you know, but been through a lot of stuff and darkness. And times I've been, I've been, sometimes I've been obedient, sometimes I've been rebellious. Sometimes I've been kind, sometimes I've been mean, sometimes I've been forgiving, sometimes I've held a grudge, you know, over the years. I was thinking today, am I, am I like Jesus? Am I more like Jesus? But when, literally, when all hell is breaking loose in life, it comes down to me and Jesus. It doesn't come down to me primarily. Primarily. It does not come down to me in the church. It doesn't come down to me in crusades. It doesn't come down to me in gospel songs. It doesn't come down to me in a radio program. It doesn't come down to me and another person, in fact. It comes down to me and Jesus. And I'm, st I'm still that person that goes over to Jesus and says, Jesus, I'm still a mess at times, you know? But you've all, you're all I got. You're my only hope, Jesus. I may hear stuff on the radio. Okay, fine. But you're always there with me, Jesus. When I turn my back on you, you stand right there and you wait for me and you follow me. You're a friend that stays sticks closer than a brother. It's amazing, Jesus, because you're the king of every king and the lord of every lord and you're my friend and you love me. And you don't love me any more today than you did 50 years ago. And if I mess up, you don't love me less. You just say, let's work on that. And you know what, Jesus? Even though I deserved... Even though I deserved, you didn't give it to me. In my imperfection and my sin and my darkness, you said, I'll die for that. I'll die for you. I'm still here. Do you know his mercies are new every morning? Did you know that? His mercies are new every morning. Listen to that. His, we don't get recycled mercies. Right? We don't get recycled mercies. We don't get recycled. Don't, we don't run out of His mercy. Sometimes the biggest, sometimes we don't need the devil to attack us. We attack ourselves and beat ourselves up because we failed. So I'm going to put up a wall and just pretend and put an image out here and let everybody see this image. He said, my new mercies are new every morning. You know, when sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Remember when you thought you got to the end of His grace and it's like, oh, I'm going to have to really be good for a week. 
Have you ever thought that? I, I have. Or at least, a, at least a little while. Man, I'm going to ask God for something. I better have a, I need to have a good couple of days. I think I'm really good. I think I'm going to pray in the Spirit and, you know, read a bunch of Bibles. I'll even read the Old Testament. In journal. The actual, I, now this is another word I looked up. Where sin does abound, grace does much, listen to these words, much more superabound. Superabound. I'm telling you, if, if we, if, like that woman, we turn like this and Jesus is there. He's not like, well, come on, you gotta, gotta prove it. It comes down to us and Jesus. It doesn't come us. It doesn't come down to us and the United States of America. It comes down to us and Jesus, or a denomination, or a belief, or a school, or whatever. And there she was. It's me and you. It's me and you, Jesus. Now. Now, what is Jesus going to do with me? Because all of my accusers... You see, that wasn't just a group of people and Jesus. That was a spiritual battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God for that woman's life. They were the accusers of the brethren, as you, if you will. And they were saying, she's guilty. And Jesus says, you're right. She's guilty. She deserves death. You're right she deserves death. But I came that she might have life and life more abundantly. I came to turn this thing. I came to raise the dead. I'm going to some funerals and going home with the person in the casket. Jesus is a friend of sinners. That, that was the rap on him. That was the rap on him. He hangs out with people that are sinners. That's all, that's all we got, people. All we got sinners. <laughs> that's all we got. I mean, some of us are saved by grace, but you know, I'm pretty sure. Jesus changes everything. I don't know where she was. I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking she was on her knees. I have no idea. There's no, I mean, but going through all that and thinking you're about to die and, you know, you're kind of like, okay. Ma'am, where are your accusers? I don't even know if she knows they left. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to suppose, I don't want to read into that, but I don't even know if she knows they'd already left. I mean, maybe they did, maybe she did, not important. Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord. Do you know what the word condemned? I, I looked this, this is another word I looked up. I like doing this stuff, but then I get bored and I got to go outside. For a while. Ride my bike or do something. I okay. okay. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Condemned, sentenced. You know what? You're guilty. This is what you deserve. Anybody? Any of the, any of those Pharisee? Any of those religious leaders going to sentence you? No. What did he say? I don't sentence you either. I don't sentence you either. 
I don't sentence you either. You're right. You deserve it. You're right. But I'm not here to sentence you. I'm here to set you free. I like that. I like that part. Now you go and sin no more. You take this forgiveness. Because what I just did is I just redeemed your life. I just bought it back. That's what redeemed means. I bought it back. So now you go and you live a forgiven life. You've experienced my mercy and grace. Now you go live. Go live that out. Don't get entangled in that stuff anymore. Don't get entangled. Not just the act of the sin, but don't get entangled in that darkness. And Jesus turned the worst day of her life into the best day of her life. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. For her, for me, and you. He came to seek and save that which was lost. That's his story. Then Jesus, then Jesus, all the, the religious leaders are gone in verse 12. And then Jesus spoke to them again. And I'm guessing that's the he was teaching in the temple. <laughs> I don't know. This is kind of funny. But Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. You want to, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. You want to rock, well, you want to walk in, you want to, you want to follow me? You won't walk in darkness. You'll be walking with me. Jesus changes everything. He doesn't always change the circumstances. Those circumstances were still kind of the same, right? But he said, but I'm, what a great story. If we could have this woman come and testify, that'd be an interesting story. I don't know if she would. Because you know people about their past. Because <laughs> we think if we don't tell people about our weaknesses, we don't have them anymore. I, I hate to tell you this. I know some people might believe differently, but mm, we're all broken. Now we have an answer. She was broken. She had an answer. Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, those religious leaders accused that woman and they had her dead to rights. They were right. Lord, we're imperfect and broken too. And thank you that every morning we can get up and through the day when we stumble because Jesus, you change everything. You'll never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Lord, your word says, he who is forgiven much loves much. Big debt's been paid. Heavenly Father, you're our Redeemer. You are our Redeemer. Not just at the moment of salvation, 
But as we walk through our life and we stumble and say, God, I'm broken, I'm imperfect, I need your forgiveness, and Jesus is faithful and just to forgive those of sin. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, thank You for a forgiven life. Thank You for a forgiven life. I'm just going to say that a couple more times. Thank you for a forgiven life. But you don't know my, oh, I know I don't know, but your, but your secret or whatever. I know I don't know that, but Jesus does. And he's still right there saying, give it to me. I got this. I got this. I got you. I got you. We'll walk through it. I'll be faithful and just to forgive you for sin. Let's go. We can do it. Don't let, it, don't let, that, don't let that struggle strangle you out. Don't let it separate you from the bunch. And finally, my friends tonight, it comes down to you and Jesus. We're just going to sit a moment. I want you to sit with you and Jesus. We just have a, just, a, just a couple moments. You know, one of the things, one of the reasons I said it's difficult for us to grasp the intensity of a Bible story, of a story from the Bible, is that it's not us. Can you imagine if that woman came in to give her testimony tonight? It's Jesus. 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 It's not to downplay the Holy Spirit or God the Father, but I'm telling you, I love my Savior. When you get drug out in the street by the devil, nobody will see you in the street really. But when you get, you know what I'm saying? When you get drug out in the street by the devil and he says, you did this, you did this, you did this. Does that happen to you? Yeah, it does. It does to me. When that happens, and maybe he's right, just say, but, but, Jesus. Heavenly Father, you did it for us. You did step between the enemy and hell for us. And you do it in our daily life. You do it in our life. It's just not in a story like this. We need you, Jesus. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being faithful. Help us, Lord Jesus to take this word, your word, and help it to be like a fire in us to know your grace and your mercy. To know Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we pray and we ask these things in the name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus. And together we're going to say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time, 